Hi guys, welcome to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. We are here weekly working on simplifying things in our lives. And I'm your host, Michelle Visser. This is our final episode in season six, right? I'm losing track. Um, I have had a lot of fun and this season, even though it was a short one, actually extended farther than I originally thought it would because I realized last week there was just way too much to say to be able to also fit in what I wanted to share with you today. So we divided into two episodes and we have a five episode mini season six. Um, I did just look it up. It is indeed season six. So I got that right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> before we actually start chatting about today's topic, which is empty nest and what it's like, what I thought it would be like, if it's actually what I thought it would be like, uh, ways I prepared or didn't prepare, and if that was good or bad. We're going to talk about all that. I'm looking forward to it. But before we do, two quick things. First of all, y'all are so amazing with your support of this podcast, and it really means the world to me. When I started this, I remember like struggling and pulling out my hair just over trying to even figure out how to work an editing program to actually get a podcast on the air. And I remember also that you're <laughs> thinking, um, is it worthwhile to record it? Because I'm pretty sure just 10 people are going to download it, you know. Um, but here we are, the end of season six. And you all are great. You reach out to me often with very kind comments. Um, and the last episode, actually, no, actually, I think every episode this season, especially the one about my grandmom and uncle TR and the last one about menopause, I've gotten so, so many messages from you guys. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I feel like, I don't know, this is going to sound hokey, but like, we're all like this family and you all have reached out to me with such kindness. Um, but so thank you for that. But in addition to that, you guys have gone out of your way to check into the sponsors that have sponsored this podcast. <laughs> what, what did I just say? Did I just say podcast? <laughs> Who have sponsored this podcast. And that means the world to me because honestly, I could not not have kept doing it this long with zero monetary value. I just couldn't have. I mean, there's a lot of time that goes into this. And as much as I love it, in fact, I think it might be I don't know. It'd be really hard to pick. I was going to say, it might be my favorite thing that I do recording the podcast and preparing for it and lining up guests and chatting with different people and hearing from you guys about it. Everything that's involved with podcasts, I really, really enjoy, except for the editing. And thankfully, many seasons ago, Aiden took that over for me, my amazing podcast editor. And I'm never looking back because <laughs> the one thing I didn't like about doing a podcast, I don't have to do anymore. So anyway, as much as I like it, I couldn't invest the time that it requires if it wasn't for sponsors. And y'all know how the world works. I wouldn't have sponsors if they didn't see results. And if you guys didn't go check out their amazing products and their amazing specials that they offer. So I love that too, that they are always eager, the sponsors that I work with, to offer you guys something special simply because you are listeners of this podcast and it's just this wonderful, all-around great thing that everybody benefits. And I have had companies 
come to me and suggest that they could be a sponsor that I have without hesitation turned away because I will not ever take a sponsor who is a company that I just don't personally support or want to support or who I believe their product is inferior. I just wouldn't do it. Like why? I wouldn't, wouldn't do it. Anyway, so thank you. All of that to simply say thank you. And today's sponsor is the final episode for now, sponsored by True Leaf Market through this season. And y'all have heard me talking about True Leaf Market. I know you have. Their seeds are amazing. And their lids for food storage, both the buckets and the jars, I use them so many times a day, every day. And I love them. And their fermenting kit, I have used their fermenting kits all summer and I can't imagine preserving the food that I have without these kits. And then um, the thing I wanted to make sure I told you about today is the sprouts. Their sprouts are amazing quality. They're, they're seeds. They look just like any other seed, but they are especially for sprouting. Why did I say sprouting? <laughs> I'm in trouble today, guys. <clears throat> um and I love their sprout garden. They do actually have different options of things you can purchase to grow your sprouts. But their sprout garden is, in my opinion, the best way to do it. I've tried all the different ways to grow sprouts over the years. And I always come back to my sprout garden because I love it. I can stack it high. I can do multiple different levels of different sprouts. And it's just, it's great. In fact, I've been showing it over on Instagram. That You know what? That's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, if you're on Instagram, go check out my sprouts highlight because I've been showing it there for years and it's much easier if you can see it, I feel like. Um, <clears throat> what else? Oh, and go to solelyrested.com slash sprouts where you can sign up for my totally free in-depth e-course all about sprouting and how in just three to five days you can literally grow your own food, how amazing it is and how you can do it no matter where you live. Solelyrested.com slash sprouts. And of course, as I've been telling you, go to solelyrested.com slash seeds because True Leaf Market, as usual, have given you a great offer that's only going to be available through the end of October. So when this episode drops, you will have exactly a week to take advantage of this offer. If you need seeds, cover crops, ferment supplies, storage, food storage supplies, or sprouting supplies absolutely go check out solelyrested.com slash seeds for the great offer. Now I told you there were two things I wanted to make sure I cover before we start really chatting about empty nest. The second thing <clears throat> I want to make sure that I'm not painting a romanticized vision of what empty nest entails, because I'll be honest with you, most things I'm sharing with you, if not everything is actually very positive today. I, I don't have a sob story. I don't have any complaining. I don't have any sadness really to share with you, but I want to right up front, let you know that I realize that's not always going to be the case for everyone. I do realize it can be a very difficult season depending on a lot of different situations but I wouldn't have even thought of that. I think I would have just dove in and chatted away with my personal experience if I hadn't today actually Googled a definition for empty nest. You know, sometimes when you're going to go sit down and 
talk to somebody about something, or if I'm going to go do a speech in front of a few hundred people about any given topic, I like to sometimes just look up the definition of the thing and kind of use that as a springboard or use it as part of my speech. Well, that's what made me pause because this is what I got. Empty nest is a phenomena where parents experience feelings of sadness and loss when the last child leaves home. I went, whoa, there's nothing positive there at all. Whoa, that's so negative and sad and lonely and awful sounding. <laughs> so, but it did make me pause and realize that, okay, wait, Michelle, there is some sadness here. Let's not totally romanticize this topic. Like I know I tend to do with a lot of things. I do. I know that I'm a romantic at heart. I love Jane Austen and I will write a Jane Austen novel about any topic you want and paint you that kind of a picture if, you know, I don't stop myself sometimes. <laughs> so I know that. Um, but for us, for Bill and I, it, it was different than most people. You know, the way that definition explains it, it is probably the way it is for most people that your your children leave home in the order of their ages. And when the youngest one moves out suddenly for the first time ever, you're staring at each other and going, who are you or what do we do now? But that was not at all the case for us. For one thing, our children didn't move out in the order of age, which was really kind of unusual. Um, in fact, there's so many different nuances to our story that I'm not going to share them because, you know, my daughters all have their own personal life stories and it's not my story to tell. So I'm not going to go into detail, but just explain that. And, and it's all good things. That sounds like, <laughs> sounds like, oh, some of my daughters have some really bad things that you just can't know about. That's not at all what I mean. It was all wonderful things, great experiences and opportunities they had and great reasons that they chose to come back home at different points for different lengths of time and different reasons. So all of it's good, but let me just say that our it's, it all started the first time Bill and I had an empty nest situation. We knew going into it, it was temporary. And that was the coolest thing in the world. Like if you have this opportunity to somehow temporarily experience an empty nest with your spouse, I cannot recommend it highly enough. In our situation, we had an older daughter who was in her third year of college and had snagged an amazing, because she's amazing, an amazing internship at the Texas State Aquarium. And there she was heading off down south to spend a semester living in Corpus Christi, like dream, dream situation. And I'm so blessed that my daughters are so close and genuinely friends. And she asked her two younger sisters, hey, wouldn't you like to come along? And, you know, she knew the situation that they, well, my one daughter was graduated as a homeschooler and in her third year of online college and buzzing right through it quickly and, um, the other one was in her final year of homeschooling, but we live remotely and for different reasons, a few connections they had 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 fizzled a little and she knew my older daughter that they can do all these things in Corpus Christi, all their education stuff that they're doing. And they would like a change of pace. They would like to not be probably in a rural area 
with mom and dad all winter long if they could instead go maybe make some new friends, experience something they haven't ever seen before, see more of the country. And we could, the three of us, you know, do this together. Plus, you know, she thought it'd be more fun for her than living alone. So anyway, the whole situation was super cool and it really benefited everybody all the way around, including Bill and I, because we knew, well, those two are going to be back. We also knew they were both reaching the age. They were almost ready to move out on their own. So we knew that while they would be back, they would also be moving out too. And just the whole thing was a great way for us to get a taste of empty nest. And we actually thoroughly enjoyed that time together. It was kind of almost like, I don't know, like he and I went off to an Airbnb, just the two of us for four months, but yet somehow also managed to do all of our work. So we weren't truly, truly, totally on vacation. And of course we were still at our house. I don't know. I just can't, I don't know how else to explain it other than it almost was like a vacation for us. And I'll explain later that dating isn't something that we do a lot. So it was almost like a four month date. It was, I don't know. It, it was cool. Then um, they, I'm trying to think of how to narrow this down without giving you the whole timeline. Basically, they they came back, both of them, and one moved away for, I think, about a year. And then the other one after, I don't know, six months of being here with us. And that was cool. We had time with just that one and Bill and I, and it was really, really cool. You know, we did, we played games that we never played before because it was just the three of us. And we did things that she personally loved to do, just the three of us. We went to special craft fairs and different things that she really wanted to do. And it was great. But then she had an opportunity to move out West for a period of time. We didn't know at that stage if this would be it. You know, we, she would not be moving back. In fact, I remember we thought she probably wouldn't be. This would probably be a situation where she would wind up loving that state. It was Kansas at the time. Might wind up staying there all the time. You know, we didn't know what the future held, but we did not anticipate she'd be coming back. So at that point, we thought, okay, we're a permanent empty nest now. But then the other one who had moved away came back. And we had we had kind of thought maybe she would for different reasons, but she did. We knew it was going to be for a temporary time. We thought probably about a year. I think it was about that long. So here we were having one-on-one -on -one time with just another daughter and did whole different kind of things and loved that. And um, just really... An, an amazing experience that I wouldn't trade for the world to have that one-on-one -on -one time with different daughters. And then, um, let's see, where does that put me in the timeline? What else was I going to say that related to empty nest about all that? Um, I don't know. I think, I think I'll just move on to my next thought. Cause I, like I said, I don't want to give you, there's no reason to give you all the timeline, but now, well, no, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> okay. What, here's what I wanted to get into next. What did I do right or wrong as a young mom in preparation for someday we would be an empty nest? Um, I think that the thing that everyone else would say I did wrong, and at the time I thought I was doing wrong because everyone says you're supposed to do this a different way. We didn't have a date night, like ever. I knew, I knew some friends that had a routine. One, I think it actually was our neighbors. Um, 
a routine. I mean, there are my friends too. I don't know why I corrected myself. <laughs> Once a week date night, like going out and the kids were young. I, I think that's crazy. I, I could never have done that, but I know, I, I know people who do that and it's fine. I just don't know how, but it's fine. Um, and I knew other friends that once a month had a very routine date night. And then I had other friends that, you know, it wasn't a regular has to be the fourth Thursday of every month kind of thing, but they were pretty religious and good about going out, just the two of them getting a babysitter. They had quite a few different babysitters they liked and it worked well for them. And then I had another friend who once a year went away on a fancy vacation, just her and her husband. I don't think it was always a week, but for many days, like extra long weekend kind of things when the kids were still pretty young. Um, and we didn't do any of the above. So I don't know why I just broke down all that for you. Cause we did none of that. <laughs> it worked out okay for us. Um, when we did date though, and it was probably, I mean, I'm exaggerating, maybe 12 times our entire married life when the kids were young that we went out on a date, just the two of us. But when we did, we were stressed, not only financially, because we were a single income family with four kids and my husband was an auto mechanic. It's not a big paying kind of gig. And we were always very cautious with our money. So to go out and throw out enough money that it could have fed dinner to our family, like our entire family for all week, it just seemed frivolous and it was just a little stressful. And then on top of that, the babysitter out on the babysitter and we could probably feed the family for a week and a half, you know, with the restaurant and the babysitter. And, um, but not only that, all we talked about was the kids, like they were the center of my days. I was homeschooling them for two decades. They literally were the center of my day. And I genuinely think that's okay. Um, I'll get into why in a minute, but because I, I, it's not okay if literally they are the center of my world, and that's not what I mean. They were the center of my day though, and that was okay. So um, instead, instead of regular date nights, we did often prioritize like time with each kid more so, you know, the way that I have friends that prioritize time with their spouse, we made sure that either Bill or I was spending one-on-one -on -one time with each daughter. It was not once a month. It was often only once a year, but we made absolute certain that once a year, each daughter had each Bill and my separately individual undivided attention for multiple hours, if not all day, doing something special that they chose. So we didn't have the date time ourselves. We sometimes took it with each individual kid. And um, on rare occasion, I had time for me alone to recharge, which I think when you're a homeschool mom, that really is important. I'm not all about self-focus and, and me time and all that, but I do think when you're a homeschool mom, and 24 seven pouring yourself into your kids, it is important to separate yourself from them and to seriously be alone. So that was a more of a, much more of a priority for me to find that alone time, maybe once a month for an hour or two, than it was to make sure I always went on a date with Bill. But, but that didn't mean that I wasn't connected with Bill. We certainly made sure we connected every evening or 
and or you know doing chores, cleaning up the kitchen after dinner or on the weekends doing our chores around the yard and outside and around the house. And often the kids were at our elbows. Often it wasn't us alone. It was the whole family, but I was connecting absolutely with Bill during those times. And I'm also not saying Bill and I had or do have this perfect marriage and hey, we did it right. We didn't need to go on dates. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that. It could very well be that if we had prioritized more dates, maybe, maybe we would have had an even more perfect marriage. But we are together 30 years into this, and neither of us could imagine having lived life without the other. So not perfect, but definitely not something I would change. I understand the precautions that people give that you really do need quality time with your spouse. You absolutely do. And we made sure we had that after the girls, we you know, went to bed, but I'm also here to testify that quality time can take on so many forms for so many different people and different families. So don't kick yourself. If you have everybody around you saying, well, I can't believe you don't go on a date night. You really need to get, and the kids really need to experience a babysitter. That's the other thing. Babysitters were stressful for our kids too, for different reasons. And we never could find a really good babysitter. And it was just hard. Um, so don't let all those voices intimidate you. If you have found a way that works for you and your spouse, and that doesn't include a regular date night, that's okay. That's what I'm saying. All this rambling for the past 10 minutes is my point. It's okay. Plus, Bill and I are both homebodies. We're both pretty simplistic people. We are definitely not fancy people. And for some of you, maybe you need something fancy. Maybe you need to get out to a nice sit-down fancy meal. And if you need that, then, then you know that and you need to prioritize it. We didn't, so it worked out well for us. Um, what about those years right before the empty nest? Okay, so a lot of what I was just talking about is when the girls were young. Now let's kind of switch gears to when the kids are teens. At that point, Bill and I definitely started seeing more of each other without the kids. And I do think if that didn't happen naturally for us, um, I would advise myself if I could look back <laughs> to make sure it happens. So if you're in that stage right now where you have teenagers, I would give you that advice to make sure you start transitioning a little bit. If you are like us, you didn't have a whole lot of date nights and big quality time with the spouse and all that, make sure as the kids get older that you do transition more to that. You know, even if the kids are in the house, um, now, you know, now they're up late maybe even later than you and but but you can do different things right they can all be upstairs watching a movie or playing games or whatever they're doing or all in their rooms reading or whatever and you can do something different that night and that's totally okay and you know, sometimes i remember feeling almost guilty when it was like the final year of somebody before she was moving on to college or moving on to the next stage of life and feeling like oh I only have what, you know, 42 more weeks until we don't have all four girls here or all three girls that are here now or whatever the case is. And just slightly guilty that, well, is it okay that I'm not doing something with everybody tonight? Yes, absolutely. It's okay. It doesn't have to be a family night every night, especially when they're teens. Trust me, 
they don't want it to be a family night every night. In fact, when they reach that older age, family night is kind of a more of a a big deal in the sense that it doesn't just happen every night and the kids all huddle around and say, mom, read to us or mom, can we play a game? Instead, it's more like a big deal that you kind of plan ahead for. Maybe you even have a routine. We did this for many years. You have a routine night that's pizza and movie night. Or um, you make tacos and play games or whatever it is. And maybe that's on a certain night of every week so that you make sure at least once a week that everybody knows, okay, we're going to have a family night tonight. We're all going to see each other and hang out. I found at this stage of our family life, there was more me with the teens time and me with Bill time. And they were both great, but less of the whole family together. It kind of slowly gave me time to connect more deeply with the girls in those really important teen years. By the way, if you're not there yet, let me just warn you, you need to start getting ready to get less sleep. <laughs> I know you think when the kids are young, that you don't get enough sleep. When they're teens, if you really want to connect with them and have those important discussions those heart-to-hearts, those times that you really realize who your kid is and what's on their mind, you're going to have to do that past midnight usually, just saying. But Bill was never one to be able to stay up late like that. He never was able to hang around and do those heart-to-heart late, late night talks because, I mean, you know, <laughs> he had to get up early. <laughs> but I found that at that stage of life, I loved that. That's when I really connected to them, was, you know, after midnight and... <laughs> hanging out in their rooms. Um, but I had, so I had more of that time and connecting in that way. And I also had a lot more build time in those years because he and I would have time before the late night talks with the girls, you know, cause they'd be doing their own things in the evening. Bill and I would be doing our own thing. He'd go to bed and then I'd connect with the girls. So I really liked that stage of life where I did have more one-on-one time with both my kids and my husband. And it was just different. And, you know, you don't see the transition coming. You don't even realize it when you're in it. But now looking back, I see these different stages. And I really loved that one. It was a good one. And it did definitely give me more time with Bill, which was so important because that was preparing me and building him and I and building our relationship to the point that we weren't going to be staring at strangers when the kids moved out. Still didn't do anything fancy, mind you. We did have more dates at that point, though, for sure. We did want to get out more, and finances were a little more stable, so we didn't worry quite so much. And of course, the great thing is you don't have to think about babysitters at that stage, right? So you can literally go out for four hours, totally enjoy yourselves, not even think about the kids, and not have to worry about a babysitter. And so, yeah, we did definitely start dating more at that point. Oh, something else that I would definitely do differently. If you like games, I would definitely at that stage of life, when you have the older kids and you have more time with your spouse, I would definitely play more games with my spouse. Bill and I, when we first got married or when we were dating, we loved rummy. We really loved spades. We would play spades with another couple friends and it's probably once a week. And we loved playing spades with them, with Rich and Melissa. Um, but then when we couldn't get together with them, or once we started, you know, one of us or both of us started having kids, 
we would sometimes, Bill and I, play spades, just the two of us, which isn't quite as fun. If you know the card game spades, it is definitely a, like a, a betting game where you're betting how many suits you will take or how many tricks you'll take. But when you play only two people, it's just not quite as fun because half of the cards are not in the deck. Is that how you play it? Do you take, No, you don't take half the cards. I'm not remembering now. It's been a long time, but we did play two-person card games, even though they weren't quite as fun because we just loved playing games together. And then once we started having multiple kids and losing sleep at night, we just somehow phased away from playing games. And then suddenly the games are, you know, um, Candyland and Hi-Ho Cherio, like not the kind of games we used to play. So we never got back to that point. We started pulling out games for just Bill and I. And I do regret that because now that we are a true empty nest, we don't do that anymore. And I want to, and I think about it, we try, I mean, we do once in a while, but it's just, it's not the same. And I think it's because we haven't done it for so long. So I would recommend that if you are a game person, when your kids are out of that Candyland stage <laughs> and, you know, they're also a little more independent when they're young teens, middle teens, if you have time in the evening, the kids are being loud and rambunctious in a different part of the house, pull out a deck of cards and just you and your hubby sit there and enjoy a couple rounds of rummy or whatever card game you like or whatever game you like to play. That's a two-person game. Um, What else? Okay, so now the next stage. Now that we are alone, what have I learned from actually being an empty nest? Well, this is the part where I could see myself getting overly gushy romantic about it in the sense that I love this stage of life. It gives us so much more time. When I think back to when the kids were little, I I couldn't foster friendships. And, and the ones I did have, they had to be with friends who had kids the same age. Like there was no way I would ever spend time on a friendship with somebody who didn't have kids, at least the age of one of my kids, because who has time? It would be impossible. But now I can foster friendships with anybody that I feel led to, that 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 I really am, you know, drawn to, that I see could really maybe use a mentor or maybe use some encouragement from a younger person because I have some older friends too. And it it's just it's a really great feeling that I can make that time now in ways I just couldn't before. Don't get me wrong. I mean, definitely the girls and I would definitely do a lot of things for other people, like take meals, help with yard work, whatever the case was. But it wasn't ever on a level of, oh, this is a friendship for me. It was more, you know, this person needs help. And I want my daughters to understand that when somebody needs help, we work towards giving them help, you know, but now I, it can be a little bit more selfish sometimes that it really is just, oh, so-and-so is such an awesome friend. And I want to make time to go hiking with so-and-so, or I want to make sure I make time to have tea with so-and-so this week. Um, so it's the first time in my adult life, really, that I've that I've really had that experience. Also, it's the first time in my adult life that I've really had time totally for myself, like hobbies, like 
ways I want to fill my time in the evening or early morning and not be interrupted unless there's a puppy interrupting. There's definitely puppy interruptions these days, but you know what I mean? Um, I actually didn't even have a grasp back when I was 25 on who I totally was. I mean, I wasn't totally me yet, if you know what I mean. Um, and I, I didn't really have a handle on what my hobbies were and I wasn't investing into myself at all in any fun ways, but now I have the time to do that. I mean, wow. I, I wrote a book, like that was something I never thought I would do. And I had the time to do that. I, I, I have a podcast, <laughs> something when I was 25 that didn't even exist by the way, but um, I shared a few episodes ago that I always wanted to read audiobooks. I thought that would be the coolest gig in the world. And here I'm doing something that I really find much more fun than that because it allows me to interact with you guys in so many cool ways. And I, I love it. And I have time to do it now. And the companies that I get to work with, not only the ones that are sponsors here on the podcast, but I work with companies in a whole lot of different ways. And it's so fun and fulfilling. And I get to lead Bible studies. Like I barely had time to attend a Bible study, not alone do any sort of weekly preparation as a, um, what do I want to call it? As a student in the study. But now I get to actually lead and organize Bible studies. And it's so great. And it's so humbling. And it's so good for me. So I love it. I love it that I have time to do fun things, to be a friend. I love it that I have time to notice when things are really weighing a friend down. I don't know if I would have noticed that when life was so busy, homeschooling four young kids. Um, maybe I'm being too hard on myself. Like I said, we certainly did have a lot of friends that and neighbors that we reached out to and helped in different ways. It just feels different now, though. And I just have more time to truly invest in other people and encourage them. And it's really good. So empty nest. It is exactly what I always thought it would be time for just Bill and I in a way we never had before. And I looked forward to that back in those days when we couldn't afford to go out to a restaurant, just he and I, we couldn't afford a babysitter. I looked forward to the time that, you know what, someday it's just going to be the two of us. But it's also nothing like I thought it would be. We had visions that he and I would travel the country. We have an RV and he would use his amazing talents as a carpenter and as an engineer mind and as a plumber and electrician. Like he can do all of the above. And of course, he's an auto mechanic. We just vision that we would be able to travel the country and use those abilities as part of some sort of a ministry, you know, and we thought that would be the coolest thing. It's not what we're doing. Maybe someday God will call us to that. It's not what we're doing, obviously. <clears throat> um, but I also, it's also nothing like I thought it would be because never once did I think beyond, oh, we'll have time for the two of us. And hopefully we'll have a little bit of money that we can actually maybe buy a few things once in a while <laughs> just for fun. I had no idea. Never thought about the fact that I'd be able to invest more in other people be able to invest more in Bill, be able to invest more in myself. And 
it's a really great thing. And I love it. So I love it. I love having time to cultivate friendship, but I will say it does have to be an intentional thing. Even though I do have more time, oh boy, do those minutes get filled up so quickly. I love it that I have more time to cultivate friendship, but I do want to warn you, even though I have more time, I absolutely still have to be intentional. I have to keep working at it because it's hard for everyone to make the time, no matter what stage of life you're in. But in the end, to wrap this all up, did I consciously do anything to prepare for being an empty nest? Is there anything I would advise you in that regard? Not really. I I didn't do anything to prepare for it. But I mean, God graciously <laughs> in his sovereignty, like prepared Bill and I in the ways I explained when I started this episode, that it was great to have those temporary times that we were just the two of us. So I guess maybe that is, maybe there are two things for a takeaway that I'd recommend if you're able to, in some way, to have a temporary time that you are literally an empty nest at home, go for it. Don't hesitate if it's a situation that's good for everyone involved. And um, take time when you have teens to make sure you are intentionally spending more time with your husband, slowly and surely having more time to reconnect with him in ways you maybe didn't get to when the kids were little. And if you love games, bring out the games for just you and your hubby. But I guess the number one takeaway I would give you doesn't only refer to empty nest season of life, but it really refers to every season in life. Have the right attitude. Y'all know if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I call it my 4-8 attitude. And my daughters will check me and remind me that I don't have a 4-8 attitude when I'm lacking in one sometimes. But it refers to Philippians 4-8. And no matter what your situation, no matter what your season, no matter what's happening in your day, remember to focus on whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy in any situation or any season of life, you absolutely can turn the table around, change your perspective, and find something that is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, etc. about that situation and that season. So enjoy the season that you're in. Don't worry about fostering a relationship with your husband as long as you're intentionally investing in everyone important in your life. But first and foremost, the ones you live with, you really need to make sure you're investing in them while you are together as a family. It might just be to make sure that you look them in the eye, each one of them, when they're talking. It might be to make sure you hug and touch them every day, you know, especially when they're teens, we think they don't want to be hugged. Give them a hug. Even if you think they don't want it, do it. It might be to make sure you're having family NDIPs, which I don't know if I've ever talked about an NDIP. That'd actually be a fun episode. It stands for no day in particular. And we would do those as a family, meaning there's no special reason, no special holiday, nobody's birthday, but we are going to do this really special thing together as a family. And you know what? It's something you would maybe do anyway. You don't have to give it a name, but when the kids are young and they hear NDIP, 
and they start to understand what that means, it makes them feel really special. And it makes them realize that this is something important. It's not ordinary, but it's an important day. Um, and do NDIP is in honor of just one person too, occasionally, not on their birthday, on a no occasion day. And make sure you're giving each person, we, we did a sunshine plate. We had a yellow plate that I'd pull out randomly and we'd sing the sunshine song. I'm not going to sing it to you now. If you don't know what I mean, message me and I'll fill you in. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, that one, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. I'm not going to sing it. Um, and I would announce to them why they were my sunshine that day. And it was random, silly things. Most of the time, like I noticed that Kayla stopped when she was running up the hill and waited for her younger sister to catch up. You know, it could be something that silly, or I'm thankful that Jordan helped me wash the dishes last night and I didn't even ask her. And it wasn't even part of her chores that day or whatever the case, you find something. Um, and I'd give the sunshine plate to Bill too. And sometimes the girls would give, I'd give the sunshine plate to Bill too. And sometimes the girls would give it to me or to Bill for whatever random reason they came up with. It was a fun tradition, but whatever the case, in whatever way your family does it, make sure you're investing in every member of your family and you'll automatically be investing in your husband and your relationship with him too, Right. And the kids will see that and they'll learn how to invest in you guys as well, you and your husband before like they even are adults and truly need to someday when you and your husband are older, they'll, they'll start investing in you when they're younger. And before you know it, genuinely, they will invest in you. It's been such a blessing that the girls have decided to refinish our wood floors and given us that gift of something I just did not want to do. It was so in need in this old farmhouse. It's been nine years since I did it. And they dove in. They said, that's it. We're going to do this. We're going to tackle this. We're going to get it done. What a blessing. And they've invested into us that way. And I hope it's because they have seen us over the decades working hard at investing in our family. So that's it. I feel like in the end, I just rambled. I hope that it was encouraging. I hope there was lots of great tidbits there for you and thoughts, whether no matter what stage you're in, how far away emptiness might, might be or might not be, or maybe you're in it, whatever the case, I hope this was encouraging. Thank you so much for listening. And please um, share this episode with someone if you know someone who could benefit from it. And please take a second to leave a review on your favorite podcast player. That means the world to me. And next week, guys, we start a new season. I am excited. We've already recorded quite a few episodes. It's going to be great. We're focusing on those simple everyday things that we make need to make sure we have in our family's diet daily. And we're talking about things that you probably don't know about these everyday things. Sorry, I'm being so vague, but... um. I will tell you, it's nothing fancy. I'm not talking about fancy things that you haven't heard of. We are talking about the simple stuff that gets overlooked and we don't understand how important they are. And it's going to be good. So until next time, remember, it is easy to forget how blessed we are to live this life. So enjoy the simple everyday efforts. It is not easy, but it's a good life.